Hello, everyone. Welcome to the This is Clinical Engineering podcast. My name is Luis Fernandez, and I'm speaking to you from Mexico. Uh, we have a very important guest today. Uh, his name is uh, Bassett. We're going to introduce him in uh, just a few moments. Um, and it's very important right now, the, well, the topic that we're going to talk about, because we're going to discuss his personal experience and uh, challenges and opinions about what is clinical engineering, trying to make an effort to de deconstruct our profession into you know, this, the relevant skills that are really, really important for professionals to adopt. And as well, um, you know, take into consideration some uh, opinions, some uh, lessons learned, some good practices from international pro uh, professionals as well. So um, I will introduce our guest today. His name is Bassett, he's a healthcare scientist with specialism in clinical engineering. His current HCS fellowship is to grow healthcare science apprenticeships within London, Kent, Surrey, and Sussex. His other part-time role at Bart's Health NHS Trust is operational in nature where he has designed and developed clinical engineering apprenticeship cohorts by engaging neighboring NHS trusts. He has recently been offered a place at clinical engineering program, clinical entrepreneur program of NHS England and NHS Improvement. After finishing his first degree in electronics and engineering in 2006 from Pakistan, a couple, and a couple of years in the industry experience, he, was, he graduated with distinction in Master of Science in Medical Electronics at Queen's Mary University of London in, 29, in 2009, which led to his career as a clinical engineer. He studied his second Master in Science in Healthcare Leadership while working as the Medical Device Manager as, at Oxley's NHS Trust between 2014 and 2016. He has presented his work on the medical device management and apprenticeships at international conferences, including the World Health Organization. He has won several awards and honors for his engineering, innovative, and project management skills. And he is also a very important collaborator of the IFMBE Clinical Engineering Division. Bassett, how are you doing today? Nice to say hello from a far distance. Hi, Lois. Thank you very much. I'm absolutely fine and I hope you are also good and our audience is also doing well in the current COVID uh, environment. Yes, uh, it's uh, you know, a tough, a tough uh, time for everyone, especially for all the healthcare practitioners uh, and professionals around the world, which we, of course, are uh, in their support at all times. We thank you very, very much. And hopefully if you guys are listening to this, uh, this chat will be very interesting for you guys. Um, before going on, um, our audience might um, has to know that whatever gets commented in this uh, podcast is just, uh, you know, a personal opinion from a professional that has been working on the field for uh, a set of years and does not represent uh, the official statements or opinions of the organization that he or she relates to or works for. Okay, so uh, you just be sure to uh, understand that this is a, a an informal talk. We, we intend to talk about clinical engineering. We intend to speak of the relevant topics and experiences from professionals. And that doesn't mean that, um, you know, uh, our audience needs to adopt any of, of, of what, we're, what we're discussing. It's just what, that we're intending to maybe highlight a couple of skills that are relevant for the tasks and jobs that each and every one of you guys is doing awesomely on, you know, the COVID fight and as well on the day by day. So, Bassett, how are you guys uh, over in Europe living this situation? Tell us a little bit about what, uh, how, the situation, how the situation is being assessed. I think uh, 
we are trying our best uh, in fact doing well as clinical engineers we are trying our best to support our frontline clinicians support the equipment that they are using making sure it is available it is fit for purpose is maintained um, helping them to to choose the right device and uh, various other tasks as much as we can both within the hospital environments and outside some working from home remotely so it's a challenging environment. It is a worldwide challenging environment. Um, and I think like everyone, we are trying our best as well. Uh, and we are very optimistic uh, that we will uh, defeat this uh, problem uh, sooner than later. Yes, we, we have a tough challenge. Uh, you know, today around the world, the uh, situation is, is complicated in every country. And uh, of course, we send our biggest uh, support and a big, big hug and a round of applause for all uh, professionals in the front line. And um, well, yeah, uh, I agree on that. Like uh, in the UK, on every Thursday at 8 p.m. for five minutes, the whole country claps. No matter where you live, what you are doing, where you are at the moment, in shopping malls, outside the houses, everyone clap for our frontline clinicians and, and everyone working in healthcare environment and for healthcare and uh, for the public health, uh, putting their lives uh, at risk, working long hours. There are no weekends at all. We are continuously working uh, and our public is with us. They are cheering us as well. Yes, so very important. Uh topics that uh, are being addressed uh, today worldwide regarding uh, coronavirus and also I would like to invite our audience to stick to the to the main repositories to the official sources to reliable sources to avoid chaos uh, panic and you know just sending uh, fake information that you know today with social media is a big big problem Absolutely, totally agree. And I think WHO and the national uh, guidelines are the only resources we should be relying on. Of course, of course, totally. So, uh, Bassett, I have a, you know, our first uh, topic is uh, really, really important and maybe tough uh, question to answer. Um, Bassett, you're a, you're a very skilled and experienced professional. And I would love, like, I would love to know for you, what is clinical engineering? What is clinical engineering all about? What are the purposes of this profession? And, and on your experience, can you tell us your opinion on the, on the definition of this great, great profession that is part of the front lines right now in COVID? Sure. Uh, I think this is a very interesting question and a very common question. And I hear this not only from fellow professionals and as well as from general public and also while walking around a hospital, uh, other clinicians do ask, what is clinical engineering? Uh, and to me, clinical engineers are technical people uh, and engineering problem solving individuals who love playing with medical devices. I keep it simple. There is no single textbook definition of clinical engineering and practical role of clinical engineers varies across countries, even neighboring countries, neighboring hospitals. 
Uh, I think it is important to understand uh, the slight differences between a clinical engineer and a hospital's clinical engineering department. Uh, I would say once a clinical engineer is always a clinical engineer, the role ranges uh, from research and development uh, or teaching in a university to sales and after sales services of medical equipment and in between comes health technology management for like life cycle management, governance, quality assurance, commissioning, acceptance testing, troubleshooting, repair and maintenance of medical equipment. The career of a clinical engineer range from entry level engineer with or without any bachelor's degree to senior engineers, team leaders, managers, all the way to consultant level clinical engineers. Uh, on the other hand, clinical engineering department take responsibility of medical equipment in a healthcare organization and generally contains a subset of roles I just mentioned. This includes clinical engineers working on commissioning, repair, maintenance aspects. Other clinical engineers ensure proper governance is in place. That is, equipment is available and safe to use and through internal and external audits. Also working with national medical device regulatory bodies like MHRA in the UK so that faults are uh, identified and, and reported whether uh, on patients or through vigilance. And also other clinical engineers within a clinical engineering department of a hospital would ensure quality assurance, life cycle replacement, and external main contracts management. And finally, I would add uh, the clinical engineers also provide training on medical devices to clinical colleagues, including doctors and nurses. So, there is clinical engineer working at many places doing slightly different roles. Uh, and in clinical engineering department, there are uh, some differences, but, uh, and also there are quite a few names also. Um, some clinical engineers to call uh, as EBME engineers, which is electric, electrical and biomedical engineers. Um, some places they are also called as biomeds. Uh, or, or biomedical engineers. But in general, I think uh, the roles are around the same lines as I just mentioned. So international terms do vary to identify people that are working on assessment, on management, uh, uh, these uh, medical technologies that, we very, very, that are very, very needed, uh, especially right now during times of crisis. Um, I believe that uh, COVID is, of course, a very sad uh, thing that's been going on that's been, you know, uh, complicating not only the economical uh, scenario, but also the life of many, many people who have passed away and are living a tough time, their families and everyone, uh, which we are deeply, deeply concerned about. Um, mm -hmm. It's very important for us to also, uh, and this is a personal opinion, of course, to also see that there's a huge opportunity for us as uh, biomeds, as clinical engineering professionals, et cetera, to highlight why it's important to include uh, these professionals amongst the strategy to prepare for 
for uh, a disaster epidemic, et cetera. So right now I was speaking to a colleague not, not so long ago and I was telling him that to, to like, especially in these times is when we have to have that flag, you know, uh, just a uh, waving like, a, yeah. like we, we, we're here, we're, we're uh, our objective is to do this, to do that. Um, but, but there's a, a huge area of opportunity for us as, as biomeds as we are uh, technical professionals and uh, we tend to speak in a ter technical language. So I would like to ask you, uh, let's say that you're talking to a, a hospital manager uh, who knows very, very little of clinical engineering or a medical doctor who you're trying to uh, maybe explain to him how we can help during times of crisis. So do, would you, what would you answer? What would be, what would be your, let's say your short description to highlight uh, the importance of our profession during times of crisis? Um, I think in, in times of crisis and especially the, the COVID in <clears throat> this, this pandemic, it is um, shedding light to many hidden uh, or less obvious tools and, and ways of life like remote working, telemedicine, and the fact that we don't really need to visit supermarkets three times a week. Um, I think it has also played uh, a very big role in highlighting the role of and importance of clinical engineers, uh, of course, around the globe. Uh, like uh, in the past, uh, when I used to say in general public, uh, like I'm a medical or clinical engineer, the next question used to be, what does that mean? Uh, and now, instead of a question, I hear statements like, uh, oh, so you make and repair ventilators, or even, uh, so you are a ventilator engineer which is not entirely true, but uh, I appreciate it makes sense in general public uh, and people know more about our profession. So coming to uh, like your point of as a med in, 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 in a hospital, I think the, uh, the profile has raised quite a lot. Pe uh, people, people know about what, what do we do uh, and how can we help them, uh, both at the point of selecting a medical product uh, to helping in the procurement and purchasing it. Um, and once the device comes, we ensure it is assembled, is commissioned, is acceptance tested, is fit for purpose. Uh, and if there are some any issues identified, they are reported to the appropriate bodies. Uh, and once the equipment is in, in environment, for example, in nowadays in, in ICU environment, uh, there is a continuous support available uh, to clinical staff all the time. Uh, I would like to highlight here, um, like slightly touch the healthcare system in the UK to highlight where the clinical engineering community sits. Perhaps it, uh, it will help uh, answer your question more in detail. Uh, so we got a professional identity uh, called healthcare science uh, in the UK. As when you were introducing myself, you highlighted that I'm a healthcare scientist. So this 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 professional identity is it's just like other healthcare professions, including doctors, nurses, and allied health professions, often abbreviated as AHPs. So healthcare science represents more than fifty healthcare related scientific engineering and technical specialist divisions, which are divided into four themes. Uh, 
These themes include life sciences that covers all the lab-based roles like pathology, biochemistry, etc. And the second one is physiological sciences that includes audiology, cardiac physiology, ophthalmology, etc. And the third theme is the physical sciences that cover medical physics, nuclear medicine, and importantly, our very own clinical engineering. And the final fourth theme is bioinformatics that cover uh, specialisms like genomics and health informatics. So the point I want to highlight uh, here is that in the UK, clinical engineering is one of the divisions of physical sciences theme. So, so it is a, it is a it's a physical sciences theme of healthcare science. In other words, uh, clinical engineers are healthcare science professions or healthcare scientists. So when we go or to a hospital uh, manager, uh, they quite well know that we are healthcare scientists, first of all, and then down we are clinical engineers. So that is the second level uh, so, so, so this identity as a healthcare science uh, is helping us to to highlight any uh, highlight our profile, and also people recognize better. And in fact, it's not only recognizes is understanding is helping other clinical colleagues better that who we are, where do we sit, and how can we help uh, in various ways. So what, what would you say are the end, the end goals or the objectives for any clinical engineer in general? Let's say, let's stick to the, to the hospital. Um, okay. Say there's, there's a hospital, there's a clinical engineering department. Uh, there, there is a clinical engineering manager, health technology manager. What would you say are the roles that are included maybe in, in most of the hospitals in, in the UK? Let's say that they're, there are multiple clinical engineering uh, professionals. So what would you say are the main roles for clinical engineers in the, in, the, um, in the UK hospital? And also what would be their end objectives or their goals? Or what are their, what are their attainable of in this uh, big plan of making technology safe and available for mm -hmm. all patients? I think the, uh, no matter what, as a clinical engineer we do, the the objective is to ensure that we provide a safe and effective medical device for the patient. So patient care is something which is paramount and it is always in our head uh, as the priority and, and, and should always be. So the patient care is no matter where, where we stand in, in clinical engineering profession. Um, so, if so, for, in in terms of uh, different roles of clinical engineering within the hospital, um, a very important role is 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 governance. So they ensure the equipment is is available, is safe, and if there are issues, they are reported to to the appropriate body, which is MHRA, uh, in the UK, um, which is equivalent to FDA in the US. Um, the other role is quality assurance. So they also make sure that the the database that we use is is right, is fit for purpose, and and the external and internal audits are done appropriately. Many clinical engineering departments are ISO certified also, and and other certifications they do have. Um, 
it's not same across the board, but there, there are some variations, but uh, a big uh, teaching hospitals, clinical engineering department do have uh, these uh, regular um, certifications. So the quality assurance people, which who are actually clinical engineers uh, at a different uh, step of the ladder. Then comes the team leaders and uh, they ensure the team that they are representing, they're doing their best. They are uh, taken care of. The health and well-being of engineers are also paramount. If we provide good engineers, they can provide good service. Uh, and finally, we have the, the team members from, uh, from uh, senior engineers to basic engineer, uh, entry-level engineer, and also we have apprentices. Uh, as, as you know, I am an apprenticeship manager. So we have introduced various, uh, a different style of teaching, which goes from very basic uh, O-levels or A-level education all the way to a bachelor's degree. Uh, so we train them and teach them while on the job. So, so these, so these are kind of different roles uh, predominantly within uh, clinical engineering. Uh, uh, perhaps I highlight uh, another uh, bit here. Uh, last year, I happened to visit Japan uh, and colleagues over there uh, very kindly showed me uh, their hospitals, uh, university as well. So there is a slight difference I noticed over there. So clinical engineers in Japan, they, they are not only maintaining medical devices in the hospital and also doing research, for example, they are also doing uh, frontline clinical work as well. For example, in a dialysis unit, clinical engineers do uh, operate dialysis machine. Uh, or in an operating theater, uh, clinical engineers presence is is fundamental and they ensure that all the medical devices, including anesthesia machine, uh, heart lung machines, they are working properly. And likewise in ITU clinic or CCU environment, again, clinical engineers help very closely with clinicians uh, and they do work on um, directly with patient and they are called as clinical engineers. However, in the UK, uh, as I was mentioning the healthcare science and various specialisms within healthcare science, we have under the physiological science theme of healthcare science, we have a specialism called critical care science. So these critical care science, healthcare scientists are equivalent to the Japanese uh, clinical engineers who are working in critical care environment. So perhaps it, it, it highlights that there's a slight difference in name, uh, but the role, as I initially talked about, that we are people who love playing medical devices. I uh, have a question regarding critical care scientists. Are Please. these professional operating devices uh, while in the treatment or in the surgery? Uh, in Japan, yes. Oh, yes, that's my understanding. Okay, I was uh, reading uh, a book from uh, a couple of Italian colleagues, uh, which I can name uh, Ernesto Yadanza. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he explains on, on I mean, I, I don't remember if it's him or it's another author that speaks uh, of the geographical uh, priorities uh, regarding, uh, you know, 
some some countries. And for example, uh, there's the U.S. who focuses on on quality care. Then there is Latin America that focuses on um, budget optimization. And then I remember specifically that uh, what you said was so true and is written down in this book that uh, what matters most, or one of the things that matters most in uh, <clears throat> in countries like Japan and and other uh, countries as well from Asia is that uh, they have to uh, deliver the best care possible for patients. And, and I mean, of course, clinical engineers around the world work towards two end goals. You've mentioned one, and I will ask you a question on, on the other uh, objective. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a, you can see, see slight um, orientations, let's say, uh, differing from country to country. And that is uh, very, very important. Of course, uh, one of the things that clinical engineers need to have in mind is that the, pay, the, the, um, the device that they're using right now may be used on them or on any other you know, member of our family tomorrow, right? So we yeah. make sure that it works very, very properly. Uh, Basit, also, uh, I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you, uh, you mentioned that our main role uh, or, or end objective, uh, it could be maybe interpreted as a, a deliver, a, you know, a safe and effective medical device to be used on patients for rehabilitation, uh, diagnosis, etc. Exactly. Uh, so our, 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 one of our main focuses is patients, but what about the company itself? What about <coughs> hospitals as companies? What about uh, the finance, uh, you know, aspect of, of uh, managing medical equipment? What would be, you know, the role maybe of the team leader or of the members or of the apprentices or the, uh, or the critical healthcare scientists, for example, in, in Japan? Uh, what is, you know, our importance as clinical engineer in budgeting, in financing? Uh, what would you say? Um, it, it varies slightly, but uh, in, in, in a in our regular or standard clinical engineering department. Um, I think the, the budgeting uh, aspect, it, it falls at, at all, almost all levels, no matter what, where you are working. So one role I mentioned like the equipment, uh, external maintenance contracts. So all, Yes, there are clinical engineers working in a, in, a, in, a, in a workshop of a hospital. They try to maintain as much as they can, but very often is not financially viable to maintain all the medical devices. Sometimes there are only very few devices and is not, it is not financially viable to have all the spare parts of, a, of a, that equipment and train an engineer or a couple of engineers on maintenance of a specific uh, equipment. Uh, and also there are many other factors which uh, determine that we go outside our uh, workshop and outside our resources and use external uh, companies, either OEMs or third party providers to maintain our medical devices. Uh, so, however, the contracts manager, who is, I would say, 99% of the time is a senior clinical engineer who knows ins and outs of medical devices, have tons of experience. That person organizes these contracts and they ensure that all the time, whichever contract is made is, is providing value for money. 
So that is one level of financial responsibility comes down to clinical engineering department and clinical engineers. The other comes down to the people who are actually working on the bench top, the engineers who are repairing a device and, and they ensure that they provide a quality service, but also make sure that the, the parts that are used, the spare parts that they are buying from either OEMs or third party approved providers, they are fit for purpose and also providing value for money. And, and it goes all the way to uh, the head of the department or director of the clinical engineering department to ensure that the workforce is providing value for money, the service as a whole is providing for money, and the, and the advice that is being given to clinical colleagues to, to buy X type of equipment rather than compared to Y type of equipment and the comparisons that uh, clinical engineers provide to them that ensure uh, within the business cases that this is providing value for me. So there are a number of factors where uh, clinical engineers uh, are very beneficial and it is in the best benefit of everyone from CEO of, of a hospital to um, any um, let's say heart center of a department director of the heart center all the way to patient so everyone benefits if clinical engineers are involved in decision making at every level that's a great ending statement i think i will use it to entitle this uh, podcast <laughs> uh, so speaking of skill sets okay Let's, let's imagine that we're talking to someone that might be interested in studying a bachelor's degree in biomedical engineering and, and maybe wants to focus on clinical engineering. Uh, uh, of course, uh, as professionals, we need to promote our profession and the end, end results of our profession to motivate uh, young professionals. I think that's uh, one of the things that, that many of my colleagues have done right uh, since they were studying or yeah. before they were studying, they had this uh, types of interviews with professionals to maybe understand more about the roles, about the end results, about the possibilities, of course, about the wages and, you know, just relevant and important stuff that maybe motivates you to make one of the biggest decisions of your life, which is what are you going to focus on? Um, so I want to talk about the skill sets. Uh, maybe you know, some of the people that are listening today are, are studying a bachelor's degree or are about to graduate from school or maybe they're looking for a promotion uh, in their job. So I would like, uh, you've um, been around uh, a couple of hospitals uh, international wise, and uh, you've talked to many clinical engineers, uh, you've done research yourself. Uh, what would you consider that is, uh, that are important skills that a clinical engineering professional, regardless of the role uh, in the hospital, for example, team mm -hmm. members, et cetera, what would you think should be, very, very important, and, and maybe if, if we could state this as a must-have skill set, uh, what would it be? I think um, the problem-solving is his top desired skill, whether you are troubleshooting a ventilator or helping design new healthcare facilities, uh, this skill is always come handy. So problem-solving, I think, is, is, is a must. Uh, it could be engineering problem solving or financial problem solving uh, and, and many in between. Um, 
the other one comes to my mind is uh, open to challenges on daily basis. The skill being open and uh, for for any challenges on daily basis uh, differentiates one engineer with the rest uh, because in most of the time, uh, if not on every day, the, the the challenges come to a clinical engineer, no matter where they work or what level they work, uh, they could be unique, not always the same. Uh, and coming to a workplace with open-mindedness and being accepted and, and having all the challenges let let fall on you and then you can dig down and find and use your previous skill which is problem solving to overcome those i think these two and the third one i would say uh, prioritizing and managing on time and workload uh, it, it it is uh, is i'll give you an example of of, uh, of an engineer working in a hospital or in any workshop uh, is there could be, let's take an example of a defibrillator. There could be two defibrillators in front of an engineer and they need to decide whether they repair or maintain defibrillator X or Y. Both are very critical, high critical devices, life-saving devices, but one person can only maintain or work on only one device. So they need to decide which one. They need to understand and prioritize whether one is coming from operating theater or the other one is coming from like a and &E department of the hospital, or it is coming from a ward where in 400 meters away, there's another ventilator. So they need to make that decision. They need to prioritize their workload and time and pressure is always there. So I think these three are, are, are to, to, to me, these are the, these are the must have skills for any clinical engineer. Okay, so I, um, I made a small summary of what you just said because I think uh, also additional uh, skills that you mentioned are, are important. For example, problem solving, I agree uh, very, very much. That is uh, the main um, purpose behind any, any engineering professional, I believe. Yep. Uh, time management. Of course, um, decision making. Uh, I would, if, if if I may, I may add maybe use of logic. Uh, sure. Uh, part of uh, you know the assessment process, of course, but you know sometimes uh, it's it's really important to just uh, state the the importance of, of of a decision and and also regarding the the end result that is going to come after you choose what you chose to do. And uh, finally, I, I would think uh, empathy, uh, it's, it's really important. We need to understand that this defibrillator will be used maybe on, on a person that is related to us. Of or, course. Uh, with, so uh, empathy is always, always important. And, and also not uh, only to maybe ask for resources from, you know, for our uh, C-suite managers, but, but also to understand that we're part, we're just a, how do you call these? Uh, you know, we're part of a machine. And that machine is, is, is working towards a direction and we should all, we should all roll towards that same direction. 
well, great summary, I would say. Um, thanks for summarizing and, uh, and and adding on the empathy element, which which is absolute paramount. And uh, this is this is also a challenge uh, for clinical engineers that we we. On, on a physical aspect, we do not see a patient just like doctors or nurses see and 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 get involved emotionally with with the patient. But it, so this is this is a bit challenge for us to 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 realize again and again to ourselves that this equipment is going to make a difference on the person's life who's going to use it. So we need to make sure that this is in best situation, best state. Uh, for for that patient who could be a f your brother sister mother relative anyone or my mom that just spoke on the background i'm so sorry this home office thing is you know kind of hard <laughs> <laughs> no i think your mic is uh, filtering any background noise completely um so speaking of challenges uh what it, what has been your biggest challenge as a clinical engineering professional um number of challenges of course um Enlightenment. i think one one uh, nowadays uh, one common one is the the gap between the it colleagues and clinical engineers uh we need to bridge that gap um very often what because more and more devices coming nowadays a telemetry device is connected to cloud uh, other internet services uh, they need to be uh, ip connected um, and there are um, cyber attacks as well so but what happens that when a hospital hires a new or procure a new uh, let's say telemetry system the first thing that comes to to the heads is that this is going to be an IT project. Uh, however, the IT colleagues are not the best uh, people uh, to install and, and manage uh, and then provide maintenance of a, of a device or a system which is actually a medical system. So I think in terms of solution, we need to incorporate modules and training programs um, uh, so we uplift the skill set of our current in, in engineers and also the future the, the next generation engineers ensure they they know the it part of uh, of an electronic system this 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 is uh, and then we make sure that we coordinate with colleagues we highlight like what we do what we can do uh, so that next time we are in a better place to to help support uh, and procure that IT system. I think that is that is uh, one of the challenge, I would say. Um, the other one I think is, is kind of linked with, with the, the first one is uplifting the profile of clinical engineers, which we initially uh, touched upon already. Um, we as a clinical engineer are very often humble and moderate, uh, very moderate uh, in what we do and because of that, uh, is we are not very well recognized. And it's not only about our recognition, but it, it is about how, did, it's about the benefit that we can provide uh, into the greater healthcare system. Uh, so we need to shout loud, louder and spread the great 
things that we day we do in day in day out. Uh, uh, we need to uh, have our fair presence on social media. I think the IFMB, the clinical engineering divisions uh, group members, they are doing a great job and is is really making a difference. Uh, and we, sh we we need to be less camera shy. We need to bring challenges and solutions to CEOs and board levels uh, and and tell them that what as I previously mentioned that our presence and and when clinical engineers are involved in decision making is going to benefit everyone and especially the, the patient. So uplifting our profile is is not a new challenge is is an ongoing challenge. Uh, we have done uh, good progress but there is still a lot to be achieved. So uh, uh, yeah, oh, please, please go, go, go. I think the 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 one more uh, challenge, if I highlight, is uh, is um, the way we uh, clinical engineers work and the type of equipment we work on. So what I want to say here is that, uh, or highlight, is that mobile devices uh, are producing more and more medical data. Apps are being recognized as medical devices. Uh, there are more and more dialysis machines at patients' home. Uh, wearables uh, and cloud-connected devices are generating very useful, uh, very important data for clinicians to make informed decisions that, are, that can, and that are already making huge difference in, in patient care. So, so the, the nature of devices coming for coming to clinical engineers are changing. That is one thing. And the other is the way we work on is, is possible that uh, in near future, more and more clinical engineers may not go to a workshop, uh, hospitals, clinical engineering department uh, every day. They may be working remotely uh, or many of us will be going to community uh, in patients' home to make sure the dialysis machine is working fine or helping them connect uh, and utilize the, the, the cloud-connected devices that a patient is using or maybe some devices in the community to, to make sure they are fit for purpose and doing the right job and helping in gathering the uh, data and, and converting into some meaningful uh, information. So, yeah, that is one of the challenge and we need to be very quick uh, in adopting these uh, new environment and new ways of working. Uh, so I wanted to, to, to um, maybe try to summarize this in, in three or four points. Uh, sure. I would say the first thing that you mentioned is really important, uh, education, and I want to I wanna make a big, big uh, a round of applause and, and recognition to uh, my colleagues here in Mexico, the Mexican Society for Biomedical Engineering, the Mexican College of Biomedical Engineering as well, Senatec, and uh, also many universities doing a great, great job on, well done. on gathering professionals, uh, young professionals, and, and also experienced professionals that uh, you know need to be centralized and, and gathered in a specific uh, scenarios like congresses, like workshops and meetings, and, and also uh, in part of the, the academy side, which is led by uh, uh, many universities here in Mexico, it's, uh, it's really important for, for us to you know, start 
enhancing the bachelor programs with all of the skill sets that are that you know each country needs and maybe each region of the country needs because it's really interesting on how, uh, for example, Mexico as a big, big country need has specific needs regarding uh, geographical scenarios. So I think these uh, yeah. organizations have been doing great, great jobs, uh, as well as the IFMB, CED, and many of other uh, associations around the world, which I think is, is super, super relevant. Not, uh, we're, we've been doing a, a great job worldwide, but we, we don't want to step down the gas uh, you know, just uh, to to also on the fourth point that I was going to mention on technology advancements, because technology is advancing it, uh, as massive uh, and fast as, you know. Absolutely. As, and, and it's hard to, you know, just keep up with everything that's going on. So this is why it's really important for people to assist uh, to conferences, to be, you know, registered maybe on, on emailing official sources like the IFMB clinical engineering division mailing list uh, and the WHO updates that get sent uh, once a month. Mm-hmm. Second point, uh, which you mentioned uh, is recognition. I really agree that we need to, um, you know, keep pursuing our, our angle of, of being recognized as professionals, which are very, very relevant in the healthcare sector. I want to, I want to maybe uh, debate a little bit with you on, on the, on the volume. Let's say, uh, uh, you were mentioning uh, let, we need to raise our voices, and I've heard this multiple times. And, and it's not a and, and it's not a matter of debate because I, I I agree with everything that you said. But I really want to ask you: Is it a matter of 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 shouting or or, or speaking more, or is it a matter of translating the message? Because uh, my personal hi- hypothesis on the on the clinical engineering professional, and and again, this is my opinion. It's it's you know it's uh, of, of what I've been through. It doesn't have to be you know, the opinion of, of Mexico or, or, or all the Latin American countries, et cetera. Of course. But I, I believe that uh, I've been over uh, 50 hospitals here in Mexico uh, studying uh, health technology management programs and the profile of clinical engineers. And I think it's a matter of, of, of language. Uh, let, let me uh, just uh, speak a little bit further on that. Uh, mm-hmm. We see clinical engineering technicians uh, and managers, you know, speak, uh, uh, you know, let, let's, let's call it the medical equipment uh, language, which is a, uh, it's, it's a technical side. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. You can, you can continue. So it's a, uh, you know, we speak the medical, te- the medical technology language and, and it's sometimes rather challenging on us transmitting that message of importance and of relevance of what we do, maybe to a manager, maybe to a, a clinical doctor. Um, and I don't mean, and I don't mean this in the, in the bad way, what I'm going to say, but the case of most Latin American hospitals is that uh, most clinical engineering departments are, let, let's say the firefighter department where we are, are most needed when something is not working. And while that is not entirely false, I would say, because we, we do have uh, you know, processes that, that go into mitigation of risks and, and of course assess uh, medical technology that's not working properly. But I think that we are maybe not seeing the, the, the bigger picture here. Um, if you deconstruct the, the, the C-suite uh, profile of, of any CEO, COO, uh, administration manager, et cetera, they are most... Uh, they're most uh, focused to measuring results and adjusting the strategy that is being set by them on their specific, uh, let's say, areas. So it, it makes me uh, 
it's made, it, 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 it brings me to think that maybe we are, uh, as clinical engineers, are not translating the message behind everything that we do on the operational side. And maybe this is one of the reasons that the, the board of directors or, or even our healthcare leaders just don't understand. Um, because 10 years ago, for example, with the H1N1 epidemic, um, some of the countries uh, didn't know how many devices existed. And 10 years later, I mean, on, on their specific uh, country hospitals, of course, and 10 years later with the COVID-19, we're still seeing the same problem. Still uh, the same problem. There's not reliable data. Um, and of course, it's related to a number of, of other topics. But uh, I mean, uh, when I was uh, 10 years ago, I was studying. I, was, I wasn't uh, graduated, but I, but I heard of all, of the, uh, all of the initiatives from the government to, uh, to assess H1N1. And I see some sort of the same picture right now with, with uh, COVID-19 where we're trying to you know, make front uh, or confront or, or battle this, 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 this war uh, versus this pandemic. And uh, we still don't have reliable data, which, which of course relates to the third point that I was going to mention, data management and protection for decision-making processes. So is it a matter of, of, of volume or is it a man, matter of language? What do you think? Um, I, I agree with, of course, language uh, that is that is very important. And if you we are talking with our finance colleagues, we need to talk about money. And if we are talking about the, for example, CEOs, uh, we need to talk about uh, their to fulfill their KPIs, uh, and that means they we need to talk in various different ways providing the right information for the right person. Uh, and that, that makes volume as well. Um, what we are doing here, uh, like generally, um, I don't know uh, in, in other countries, but uh, healthcare leaders uh, are from medical professions in general. Uh, like medical director of a hospital would be uh, a medical doctor in the first place, just like the head of nursing would be a nurse in the first place. Uh, the healthcare science or clinical engineering, for example, we are we are very young at the moment. Uh, we our footing and our presence in the broader healthcare system is is not is not very strong yet. Is not well mature yet. We are. Uh, what we are trying here, for example, is to ensure or, or bring the healthcare scientists. So every trust uh, within England, uh, there is one appointed lead healthcare scientist. So it doesn't mean it has to be a clinical engineer. It could be any one. It could be a from life sciences specialism or a clinical engineering specialism. Uh, or an audiologist, for example, but there is one lead healthcare scientist in every trust, and that person is the, our ambassador for the rest of the healthcare science scientists within within the, that organization. So we're trying to make sure that that person has its voice at the board level. So the problem that you mentioned that we still have facing after 10 years, the same issues is that clinical engineers are not involved. It's because if they have been involved, there would have been more, more databases in place, but 
they, those decisions are being made by someone else, but not clinical engineers. So if we have our voice present in at board level, then things will change. And in order to reach that level, we need to create that data, spread the word, spread it louder as much as possible to, to ensure our healthcare science or clinical engineering footing is strong. So yes, totally agree with the language. There's no doubt in that. And we need to, to learn that, to be honest. Uh, we, need, we are sometimes too much engineers rather than the finance people. So we, we need to capture those skills as well uh, to make sure we have those messages, we develop those messages and, and spread across. Um, I think this role also involves, for example, comms people uh, in, in each hospital. Um, they are very good at conveying the message. And I'll give you one example uh, on this as well. Um, we need to engage with them so they, they they listen to us and and take the right message at the right level so a few years ago when i was recruiting apprentices for my one of the programs uh, i was doing uh, i invited my comms colleague to 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 spread the word in uh, we, because i i wanted young people predominantly the school leavers for the program um, and I knew that the website that we have as hospital or NHS website, they are not very uh, popular in that age group. So Twitter, social media, that bits were important. So in, in, a, in, a, in a discussion of almost half an hour, one uh, I mentioned to this because he was trying to understand what, what exactly we do. And I said to him, uh, just like, so uh, in UK we call MOT, which is a service uh, required for uh, every car to be done. So I said to him, uh, medical devices are just like cars. Uh, so they need regular yearly or six monthly service and clinical engineers provide that MOT service. He picked that, he went away and created a 20 second video with a image of a car and attract the right audience saying that uh, just like medical, just like cars, we have medical devices in the hospital and we need you, your help to maintain those devices. And that ad click over one week or one weekend, uh, I received around 2,400 clicks on Facebook for that video. So, the, uh, so as you mentioned, the language, so the right language was used, but it was not, from me, but my comms colleague. Okay. And uh, what do you think would, would be a, a good alternative on, on making this happen? So it's a matter of, of language, may, uh, not, not mainly, but related. It's a matter of volume. So what, would you, what do you think are the, are the things that we could improve doing or well? What are the things that we need to do in order for decision makers and healthcare leaders to take into consideration the clinical engineering profile? I think in one word, I would call it collaboration. Great. We need to collaborate uh, with all possible colleagues and stakeholders. 
depends on on different countries and circumstances so if i take an example of my uk environment so all the stakeholders from patient all the way to ceo to the comms team to the finance manager to the department that those are going to use the device or the nurse or even the porter that is going to transfer device from one place to other we need to engage with them collaborate that will generate ideas that will that will create a harmony we we will understand each other more and more and it do, will take time do some more marketing uh, on the inside of our of our working environments um it will i think it will automatically generate once the collaboration once they they they, they understand us better um it it that that will be kind of an end product of a collaboration uh, project if i call it totally uh basit uh it has been an honor to host you today um i would like to ask you a, a personal question sure uh so if you could talk to yourself 5 years ago um what would you maybe what advice could you give to yourself 5 years ago uh, right now you're living uh you know the end resolve of multiple efforts that you've done and maybe 5 years ago you were uh maybe <laughs> thinking if this it, it, does this matter uh <laughs> am i on the right <laughs> uh is everything worth it uh you know as as many times many many professionals have made themselves th themselves this questions me including of course so what what advice would you give to yourself 5 years ago um 5 years ago Well, I, well, in in last five years, I'm working in training next generation clinical engineers. Uh, before that, I was managing a clinical engineering department, uh, and my advice would be to myself to be proactive, spread the word on what I do, um, raise personal and departmental profile, share advice and opinions, get involved more and more. in decision making um at highest possible level within and outside my organization there is no limit except in your head to be honest um and i think this is kind of 5 years ago um however if i go a little bit back more when i was doing uh, clinical yeah, when i was doing or finished my first degree as electronics engineering i was to be honest was not aware of medical engineering or clinical engineering at all although my final year project was uh, developing a platform to connect medical devices with a uh, medical devices in an ambulance with a hospital uh, and those days there was no 3g or 4g it was on the gprs technology and it was the, the project was to make a platform and we did it it went very well but to be honest i was not aware at all that i am doing clinical engineering or medical engineering until unless 2 years later when i was looking for my msc modules uh, and i found this very prestigious program on medical electronics and physics at queen mary's university and i realized that wow what i was doing was actually medical or clinical engineering uh, and i can this is i said wow this is amazing because i can make a direct impact on patient care and 
I don't have to be a doctor or a nurse. I can use my electronics engineering skills to, to make that, that very important direct patient impact. Uh, and then I think I started this and rest is the history. Uh, and I think um, it, this is a very respected profession. It makes direct impact on patient. And I would say uh, anyone who, who is looking for or interested uh, or already in clinical engineering and education or profession, uh, this, is, this is an amazing uh, profession. Um, it has, a, every day you get, you feel the reward. So, and I did uh, a right decision. I would say uh, there's no, I wouldn't, uh, ha uh, there's no advice to myself better. Uh, I did what I did, I think was the right decision. Great, Basit. I uh, Right now with this COVID situation, I was just thinking to myself that never in my short professional life and uh, life as a student has it made more sense than what we do matters and it matters greatly. You know, for Absolutely. Uh, like ourselves, like uh, everyone around us. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because uh, what we do contributes to uh, one of the things that doesn't stop regardless of the economy, which is healthcare. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, there's the business side, et cetera, but, you know, it's a basic and, and uh, universal need to get access to, uh, you know, healthcare and, and reliable and, and trustworthy healthcare. So I completely agree with what you said. And um, Thank you. before, before we, we say uh, goodbye, to our audience, uh, is there any message that you would like to send out to the professionals at the front lines, to your CE colleagues, uh, to maybe people in the UK that that, that are listening today, or 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 on the recording? Uh, what would what do you have any message that you want to send out, especially in these times of, of crisis? I think uh, I would say they are doing a great job, and our support is is always there just like them at the front end we are just shoulder to shoulder with them and they, they can rely on us that what we are doing and the equipment that we are providing to them is the best possible in this environment and they are doing an amazing job and um, just like everyone in healthcare no matter uh, which profession, which job role they are doing from uh, our domestic people, uh, from receptionists to nurses, to doctors, the consultants, to IT colleagues who are connecting us. We are working remotely and without any interruption, um, continuously is, is, is a great system that they are providing to us. Um, and I think we, what I would like to say is they can, trust and rely on clinical engineers. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your time and inviting me to this no, podcast. Very much. We hope that this will be one of the many times that we have the opportunity to host you here at the, at the This is Clinical Engineering podcast. Thank Absolute pleasure. And thank you to all our audiences listening to us worldwide. Again, this represents uh, Mr. Bassett's uh, opinion on, uh, you know, on a rather general topic about uh, describing the importance of clinical engineering 
and we hope uh, that these lessons learned and this advices and this uh, small and informal analysis helps you guys do a better job. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye.